How do you feel about your jobs? Be honest. Do you jolt out of bed right away in the morning, eager and ready to go? Do you have a big smile plastered on your face as you, you drive in for that commute to work, thinking about all the exciting stuff you get to do? Do you step into your, your place of work and just start yelling out, all right, everyone, I don't know about you, but I cannot wait to get started on some projects today. Teamwork and success all around. High fives, come on, let's go. At the end of the day, driving home, just so excited to go back and do it again tomorrow. Uh, no, it's not usually like that, is it? And if that is what you do, please share whatever magical coffee beans you're using with all the rest of us. Because usually, a normal morning, probably wake up, you're still tired, maybe already dreading the long day ahead of you. Instead of jolting out of bed, maybe by that third snooze, you kind of stumble out and walk like a zombie to the coffee maker. When you get to work, kind of maybe you hope no one comes up and tries to talk with you too much. And then on the way home, you're already thinking about, oh man, I got to do this all again tomorrow. Our usual attitude toward our jobs might not be all that different from our attitude toward our spiritual lives, too. You know, living a life of faith is a job, in a way. Really, it's a full-time job. In a way, living a life of faith is even more demanding than our normal jobs. We, we can't just clock in and clock out of our faith life. At least, we're not supposed to. Living the calling as one of God's children is a 24-7, 365 days a year, every year kind of calling. No breaks. There's, there's no vacation time, no sick time. We are to live as lights for God in this world all the time. We are to love God and serve our neighbor without ceasing with everything we think and say and do. And maybe, sometimes, instead of being eager for another day to serve the Lord, instead of being eager to live our faith and let our light shine, maybe sometimes, kind of just want a, a little break from it all. We get tired sometimes, not, not just physically and mentally, spiritually too. We get tired taking up the calling and living a life of faith for God 24-7. could take a toll on us. Today, in the book of 1 Kings, we're, we're really looking at two faces of faith, two prophets. One prophet's face is tired. One prophet's face is eager. And the tired prophet, Elijah, he had good reason to be tired of it all. He said to the Lord, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. It looked like 
despite Elijah's best efforts to turn the nation of Israel back to God, away from the false God, the idol Baal, despite his best efforts, it wasn't happening. God, or Elijah had, had just had his big showdown with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. They, they set up a test to see whose God was real, whose God had power. They, they prepared some offerings, the prophets of Baal and Elijah. They put it on an, on an altar, and whoever's God sent down fire to burn the offering, well, they would win. No one was on Team Elijah. No one except God, that is. The Lord sent fire down from heaven to consume Elijah's offering and even melted the stones of the altar that he had built there. God, one. Baal, zero. And now it looked like people would turn back to God, right? After that? It was amazing. But in the end, it didn't really happen. And Elijah had to flee for his life again from the wicked king and queen of Israel as they tried to have him murdered. Elijah, he was just tired of it all. He went and fled into a cave, and he, he just sat there hiding, done with his calling as God's prophet. He even cried out to the Lord that he would die. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. Elijah was so tired. His calling as God's prophet took everything he had. And as he looked out at his mission field, Israel, turning them back to the Lord, it just seemed so hopeless. The people were too far gone. He figured he's the only believer left in all the world. It looked like the evil king and queen of Israel, Ahab and Jezebel, and the false god Baal had won. Elijah gave up. He looked out at his mission field and saw it as impossible to reach, impossible to witness to. How could he do it? Elijah was a very tired prophet. But God wasn't done with Elijah yet. He wasn't done with the nation of Israel either. God had a plan. He gave Elijah the names of three men that he was supposed to go anoint. Two of them would be new kings, Hazael and Jehu. These two kings would finally bring judgment on the evil King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, put an end to their wickedness, finally bring justice to Elijah's enemies. And the, the third name that God gave Elijah was the answer to his tired prophet's plea for help. He gave him the name of his successor, a man named Elisha. Instead of taking Elijah's life like, like he wanted God to, instead, Eli uh, God gave Elijah a new and eager life to take up God's calling as prophet, to take up that mantle of prophet. And finally, God also encouraged Elijah by letting him know his work wasn't all for nothing, that he wasn't alone. He said, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Elijah wasn't as alone as he thought. 
And his work, although it seems so fruitless to him, God let him know there was a lot of fruit being, being sown from his work. Many people were turning back to God through Elijah's efforts to bring God to them. Elijah didn't have it nearly as bad as he thought he did. God was working things out for his kingdom and also for his tired prophet. And, and now that he was encouraged, Elijah went to go immediately appoint his replacement. He knew he needed him. He knew he needed it. He was tired. So Elijah, he went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Elijah didn't have to ask twice. After throwing his cloak on Elisha, Elisha knew exactly what he had to do. He recognized that symbolic act of taking up the mantle of the prophet. Now with, with Elijah's cloak, his mantle draped over his shoulders, Elisha had already accepted his calling from God to be God's prophet. He just had one last thing to do. He was going to say goodbye to his family and to cut ties officially with his former life. And Elisha was he's kind of a rich guy. He, he had 12 teams of oxen and a, and a bunch of servants. Like Moses, who we looked at last week, he had a lot to give up. But he cut ties with all of it. He left it all behind. He made that clear by butchering one of his teams of oxen and burning some of his plowing equipment in order to throw his own going-away party. He feasted with his, his family, his servants, as they celebrated his new calling. And that's where Elisha's different from those people we read about in the gospel reading today who, who seemed like, oh, we want to follow Jesus, but then kind of wimped out when they saw how difficult it might be. Not Elisha. He was a man of his word. He followed Elijah. He could have just delayed and delayed and feasted and feasted and taken a week to say goodbye, but he went and did his thing. And he came back out. He followed God's prophet. Elijah was eager to take up God's calling, that mantle of prophet. And Elijah, or, sorry, Elisha, didn't look back. He looked ahead to the amazing opportunities God was going to give him. He was eager to serve his God. He was eager to bring God's covenant of love and faithfulness to the lost people of Israel who so desperately needed it. Eager to get to work. So, which of the two prophets do you identify more with? The tired prophet or the eager prophet? Maybe it kind of depends on the day. But there sure seem to be a lot of days when you, we're just kind of tired of it all, taking up that mantle of faith and the, the dedication that it takes. Days when we want to break. Days when our faith is pushed to the limit like Elijah's. Days when loving God, serving our neighbor, being lights for God in the world all seems so fruitless. 
days when our, our work for God kind of seems in vain. There's more people turning away from Him than turning to Him. Days when we may feel like just hiding in a cave, throwing in the towel like Elijah. We get, we get tired. And, and to make it even more difficult, remember this calling of taking up the mantle of being a follower of Jesus. It's an all or nothing kind of call. There's no looking back. We follow the commands of our God and his word 24-7, 365 days a year. No taking breaks. No going back to our old way of life ruled by the sinful nature. Like Elisha, killing some of his oxen and and burning his, his equipment, we have to cut ties with our former life to tear down those bridges leading back. But sometimes we kind of want to keep those bridges at least a little bit intact just to have the opportunity, the option to go back. We don't want to cut ties with those old friends who bring out the worst in us because we kind of like letting loose with them now and again. We don't want to cut ties with those pet sins because they give us momentary relief from our tiring lives. We don't want to cut ties with the lie of Satan that says, hey, sin could be a good outlet for you. We don't want to because, well, dedicating our lives to God full-time, it's, it's a tiring business. Might need a break. The calling of God, taking up the mantle of faith, is an all-or-nothing kind of call. There's no looking back. But we kind of like to look back. We kind of wish this calling, maybe, could it just be part-time, not full-time? But God has an all-or-nothing plan, too. He gave us one to take up God's calling, to take up the mantle of Savior. Gave us his Son who cut ties with his Heavenly Father, cut ties with his position of glory and authority in heaven. He cut ties with all of that to come to earth. Jesus took up the mantle of Savior, even though it cost him everything. Like Elisha, burning his plowing equipment, slaughtering his cattle, sacrificing those things to take up the mantle of prophet, Jesus sacrificed himself to take up the mantle of the Lamb of God. The one sacrifice to end all sacrifices. Jesus didn't look back as he went to the cross like Elisha finishing the work of God's tired prophet, Jesus finishes the work, the failed work of us tired people who can't keep God's God's calling 24-7 perfectly. Jesus does it for us. He was eager to take up the calling to save us, to forgive us, eager to win heaven for us. God's tired people so that one day we can have rest. Taking up that calling of faith, living by faith, it, it could be a tiring experience, but it's all worth it when we see the one who took up the calling so eagerly to save us, to relieve us from our tiring burdens. Jesus gives rest 
through tired prophets and tired people like you and me. Jesus also gives strength to turn tired prophets into eager prophets. He gives us strength to take up the mantle, the calling that God has given us to live by faith, to be lights in his world. We're eager to do it. We're eager to love God and serve our neighbor because Jesus changes our worldview. He changes the way we look out at the mission field in front of us. Instead of looking out at the spiritual landscape around us and just throwing in the towel like Elijah, instead, we look out at the spiritual landscape around us as an opportunity, like never before, to bring God's love to people like Elisha. I know you hear a lot of talk about how spiritually corrupt our nation and our world has become. It's easy to point out the faults and the pitfalls and denounce society for ditching God. Maybe it would be easier to just go hide in a cave. It would be safer. We could just keep to ourselves, away from the godless world. But what if, instead, like Elisha, we looked out at the ripe, big mission field in front of us, all the opportunities. I I think now, more than ever, we can be eager to share God's word with people. If the spiritual landscape around us is as bad as people say it is, well then, wow, what a time to live. What a time to go and share God's word with people who don't have hope. What a time to go and and tell people about the love of God if they don't know it. Now more than ever, our witness is needed, isn't it? We can take that calling up, eager like Elisha, to share God's covenant of love and faithfulness with people. We can take up the calling, the mantle of faith, to spread our loving Savior's word. We can because we have Jesus who turns tired prophets into eager prophets. And when we do get tired, at the end of our long labors here on this earth, working for God's kingdom, he will give us replacements to take up the calling and keep going. He will give us eager young faces. And it's been very encouraging, very cool to see this team here from from Watertown, South Dakota. And the the two teams we had here in June, it's been very encouraging. A visible reminder that there are eager young people willing to take up God's calling. We, we are not alone. There are people all over the world eagerly bringing Jesus to people. That passing on of the mantle will continue as it always has. It just makes me think of my grandpa. He was a, a faithful pastor for so many years. I can't even imagine how many people's lives he got to touch with the gospel, how many people's hearts he prepared for heaven to meet their Savior during his lifetime. Near the end of my grandpa's life, and his battle with cancer, I just got the sense my grandpa was tired. He didn't joke around as much as he used to, didn't have the energy to laugh as as much as he did. He hadn't lost hope. But I could tell he he was ready to go home, ready to have God's rest in heaven. And, And as his body was lowered into the ground at his funeral, We all knew 
He was finally enjoying that, that long-awaited rest from his labors. My grandpa died just a couple years before I became a pastor. And actually, that, that pastor's stole I had up here for the children's message, it's my grandpa's. And it's the same stole I got ordained as a pastor with. It's kind of an honor for me to be able to take up his mantle in that way, to continue the work from one generation to the next. And whether or not you're ordained as a pastor and have a stole or in a full-time ministry position, you get to take up the calling to, to spread God's kingdom, to be God's voice in an upside-down world, to turn it right-side up for people. And when you get tired, you'll be able to push through. Trusting God, knowing he, He's the one who gives you rest. We can eagerly take up the mantle of faith and live our callings for God. Amen.